0: What does it take to run a massive crypto exchange? Today, we're going to find out as we welcome the CEO of Bitrix to the show, my favorite place to sell wax pi I've personally been a customer for a few years. And no, this is not a paid endorsement. I'm just saying. So we'll be joined by Steven Sondberg to discuss all things crypto and exchanges on episode number 572 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five.
1: Three, two, one, zero. Who's
0: that? Hey, all you young whippersnappers, get off my lawn and let
1: me in your ears here. <laughs> I remember way back in the day when I said. It just love Bittrex. <laughs> remember that? Remember? I, remember.
0: <laughs> I do remember that. Uh, that's Travis Wright. I'm Joel Com. Welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast, the show for the crypto curious and the crypto serious. And today we are pleased to welcome Steven Stonberg, the CEO of Bittrex, to the show. Find out about all that bittrex stuff. Trav, how big is Bittrex?
1: Well, Bitrix has about $150 million worth of trading volume, is what it shows, so not as big as some of the other ones. They got 454 coins, 991 different pairs. I think they were throttled by the SEC. They're located in Seattle, right? Mm-hmm. So there's only so much you can do. However, Coinbase is in America. And they're able to do some things. And, uh, but, you know, Bitrix in Seattle, and you see some of these other exchanges that just kind of blew by them. And Bitrix has been around for quite a while.
0: Yeah. Well, we're going to uh, ask Stephen about all of these things today because we want to know, especially, you know, what is it like to deal with the regulators? here in these United States of America, the land of the free, home of the brave, where you can't do shiz if you're in crypto.
1: Why is there no Bittrex token? It's one thing I've always wanted to know. Like, almost all the other ones have a token. There's no Bittrex token that I've ever seen.
0: Well, there's no Coinbase token either, right? That could be a
1: regular. Coinbase, though, they went the uh, traditional IPO route.
0: Also, And they do have a stable coin, right? They're they're the creators of the USDC coin.
1: Mm -hmm. Which, by the way, if you go to Coinbase and do that, you actually have zero fees. You actually convert your cryptos to USDC, send it to Coinbase. Then you send your Coinbase, that, that money to your wallet and send it to your bank account. There's no fees if you use USDC because they created that. But I, I don't know what we're going to talk to. We're going to talk to Stephen today about this to see all the things about Bittrex to ask some of those questions.
0: And it won't hurt your fee fees. So here we go with Stephen Stomberg of Bitrix. What's up Bitrixes? Isn't that what we say, Travis?
1: <laughs> I guess what it is, it's what they're that's what they're called, I think. Bank Isn't that their
0: tagline? Like if you Bitrix's. go to bitrix.com, what's up Bitrixes? Yeah, <laughs> that that's not it. Uh, Steven Stonberg is the CEO of Bitrix Global, and as I mentioned earlier, I have been a customer of Bitrixes for some time because they are one of a couple exchanges that as a us citizen i've been able to sell my wax peon so thank you bitrix uh this is not a paid endorsement this is i'm just telling you guys because i've used the site many times steven stonberg ceo welcome to bad crypto good sir
2: thank you for having me pleasure to be here
0: does that not warm the cockles of your heart when you hear that somebody's been using your site for years
2: I think that's great. Just to just to clarify though, Bittrex Global is the non-US customer part of Bittrex. But so we we're glad that you're a US customer of Bittrex, which is fantastic. And you know, we're we're also very happy to have lots of happy customers outside of the US on Bittrex Global.
0: Okay, so who is who's the CEO of um of the Bittrex? US? Like yeah. so
2: Bittrex US, it's the founders. So Bill Shahara, who's one of the three co-founders of the
0: company. Got it. Okay. Well, Bitrix is Bitrix, as far as I'm concerned, right? I mean, so I'm- It's I'm all one good. big happy family. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you're here with us. Maybe uh, give us a Reader's Digest version of your, your bio and history, just so we know where you came from and how you went down the crypto rabbit hole.
2: Sure. So I think- you know, I, I'm, I'm old for crypto, um, so I've been around the financial service. I had like a whole career in, in like old school financial services for 25 years. I worked in London and New York, banking, hedge funds, and then, um, you know, in some of the big, bigger banks like JP Morgan, Goldman's, and I worked um, for some pretty big macro hedge fund, um, one called Brevin Howard. So, you know, I made the leap. Um almost four years ago, which, you know, for somebody who had worked in mainstream finance to to jump into crypto four years ago, people thought I was nuts. Um, And, you know, now not so nuts, but um, I I got the crypto bug and just went all in. You know, for me, that what attracted me, I just saw some of the dynamics in the last, you know, kind of crypto bubble in 2017. And it just reminded me of sort of, you know, hedge funds in like the early 80s when it was a new industry and you could charge, you know, like the Wild West in a good way like lots of inefficient industry where like it hadn't been sort of sorted out. So there's a lot of opportunity and I always like sort of high growth things. I also thought really it's just finance. And at the time, especially four years ago, it was a bunch of young tech guys who didn't know anything about financial services. I think some of it is still run by people like that. Um, who don't understand like you're just because it settles on a blockchain doesn't mean you're not subject to financial services rules. So I I just thought sort of fast growth, interesting space. And I've always been attracted to things
1: like that. You're ahead of the curve, right? I mean, four years ago, people thought we were crazy for leaving the uh, traditional Silicon Valley. You know, I was at Silicon Valley marketing world and Joel big in social media and wrote, wrote, uh, you know, wrote a bunch of books around social media. And we basically said, screw you, social media, web 2.0, we're going to web 3.0. And, you know, we were mocked. People were like, oh, you're a cryptocurrency evangelist now, huh? And we're like, yeah, let's see who's laughing now. Yeah, is <laughs> uh, Exactly. That's,
2: if you're in crypto, like you must be a criminal selling drugs or doing, you know, like, yes, yeah, all of the above.
0: Yeah, and, and now it's now it's oh, you make NFTs, like you idiots, you guys, you don't even know what that is. You but don't even know that, what you're talking about. What you exactly. think an NFT is is something that eats the environment. Like they're just so indoctrinated, and it's fine because we know anyway. Sir Lord Travis has an amazing question for you. I can feel it coming.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's it's brewing. It's bubbling to the top. So, you know, so you you're that, that's you're just a gas.
0: That's all that oh, that's is.
1: true. That's I gas. let it pass. It's passed now. So so for those who don't know, and you mentioned you kind of touch base on it. There is Bitrix Global and there's Bitrix US. And and we know why that is. But maybe explain to the audience why that is, because a lot of people will be like, why is that? Why are there? Why are there two Binances? And why are there two bitrixes like, what's the deal with this?
2: Well, I can't possibly comment on there really being two Binances. We don't talk about competitors, but in terms of, <laughs> in terms of us, I would say that's highly dubious. I'm not so sure if there's really two of them, but um, if you have a VPN, but we, we, so basically Bittrex is a, you know, one of the oldest crypto exchanges, you know, it's still owned by the three original founders. There's no outside money, which is pretty unique. Like even, and then I would say it's in the, what I would call the regulated camp of crypto exchanges. There's a pretty big, other camp that doesn't sort of agree that there's regulations, which I did, you know that that's between them and the regulator. Um, but within that space, you know, the company was founded in Seattle because they're all from like Microsoft and Amazon, and you know originally, you know, was was one of the biggest exchanges, and it's always been known for having real interest in blockchain, a lot of altcoins, as you mentioned. So it's always had a lot more tokens than other competitors. Um, And I think what happened is the U.S. regulatory framework is just—it's behind the rest of the world. So, it's you know, regulation, good regulation and clear regulation is what people want. The problem is here there is you just don't know. Like all the regulators, fifty state regulators, like multiple federal regulators, all duking it out.
1: It seemed like they single-handedly killed the the buzz in January of two thousand eighteen, right? Exactly. So it was booming, and all of a sudden the SEC came in and just destroyed everything. Like, perfect example, like
2: Ripple getting sued. Are you a security? Are you not a security? So, we're, we, so what we decided to do like, in Bittrex had a lot of its clients, it's more than half the clients were not US residents or US citizens. So, why would you have a non US person trading a non US ter- token be subject to this lack of regulatory clarity in the US? So, we decided to move, you know, again, we wanted to be regulated. We looked at a lot of jurisdictions. We ended up moving the non-US part of the business to Liechtenstein, which is a principality, it's it's an EEA member state. So it's for banking, it has full EU passporting, triple A rated country, Swiss franc is the currency, and they passed a blockchain act. So we thought, hmm, that sounds like a much better place to run a crypto business. Like it's, there's a blockchain act, so it's in the law what crypto is, 1,000% 1,000% regulatory certainty. And it's not someplace like the Seychelles or you know, one of these places with coconuts. Like it's an actual established banking jurisdiction an hour from Zurich. And, wait,
0: wait, what's wrong with coconuts?
2: Well, that's a whole, you know, there's nothing I live wrong
0: in Port, we live in Puerto Rico and there's coconuts right outside my door. But I, I
2: was making fun of the, the BitMEX case where they brought, they, they mentioned that it was quoted by the US, you know, in the, in the felony charges that they, they talked. They, they openly talked about using coconuts to bribe the regulators. <laughs> <laughs> I did
1: not know that. Thank you. It's actually in that. the public
2: document that they, they quote one of Very the nice. exact, uh, people that got charged for
1: even busting out the jokes. Nicely done. Yeah. Well, so way that, to anyway, it, so there's it,
2: Lichtenstein is actually like a real banking jurisdiction. Like they don't accept coconuts. Like there's no, you know, it's clean.
0: So and it's fun, to a really good place to go. it's fun to say it's fun to say Liechtenstein. Lichtenstein, Liechtenstein. Yes. You got to You got to do that. So uh, running a big crypto exchange, right? That it seems daunting to me, I kind of, you know, obviously I don't want insider stuff, but maybe just a little bit from, you know, where you sit, what's your day look like?
2: So I think, again, it's very similar. It's financial services. So again, it's, I've worked in hedge funds, I've worked in banking, you know, when you work in financial services, it's a global industry, usually with both retail and institutional clients. Multiple regulations, so it's very similar, and I think that's why I thought, even though I'm not from the typical background in crypto, that's actually the background you need because, especially now, I think that's been proven correct because you know it's all about convergence. It's all about real you know institutions are all now piling into blockchain, but you you have to follow the rules. You have to be regulated if you want to be up and running a business. So you know my day is like I would in banking. You spend some of your time dealing with regulators and we're in multiple jurisdictions. So in our case, we have the FMA in Liechtenstein, the Financial Markets Authority, and we have the BMA, the Bermuda Monetary in Bermuda. You've got your different law firms. You're sometimes dealing with employment issues, hiring people, uh, marketing. So you're dealing with PR all over the world and all the rules around that. Then you've got clients. So, I mean, it's not that different than if you're in financial services. I think with crypto though, as we know, it's like dog years. You do so much, it never stops. Crypto markets don't close unlike regular markets. So it's sort of like on high octane, but I like operating at that kind of a pace. So it it suits me. It which which
0: makes fun. me happy, by the way. I love the crypto markets never close. Um, it's kind of like the the antithesis of Chick-fil-A because I always want it on <laughs> Sunday, damn it. I always want it on Sunday. I'm always returning from somewhere in an airport on Sunday. I'm gonna get some chicken. No, I'm not, they're closed. They're closed. Crypto never sleeps.
1: And, no, it never
2: uh, sleeps. It's great. So if you don't
1: sleep and you like to work 24-7, it's a great industry. I, I want to ask this. This is one thing that's been been sort of um, haunting me for a while. I just, I just, I've just never known the answer. And, you know, one of the biggest uh, IPOs that happened this year was Coinbase. Coinbase doesn't have an exchange-based token, right? But if I'm looking on CoinGecko right now, I see Binance has one. Crypto.com has one, Uniswap, there's the FTX token, there's the OKB, there's PancakeSwap, ThorChain, KuCoin token, there's the Huobi token, there's all these, there's the Gates token for all these different exchanges, and there is no Bitrix token anywhere. And I'm looking at a lot of these in the top 10, which Bitrix is certainly one of the top 10 exchanges. We're looking at market caps of, you know, 3 to $5 million at minimum what a Bitrix token would be. Uh, so I would say we're definitely, con-
2: we're working on one now, so I can't okay. say anything else. So it's in the works, but we, I think the ones you've all mentioned, I would say without pointing out specific names, I wouldn't call them the most highly regulated um, group of people. So I think doing an exchange token and doing it within a regulated framework, you know, we have full KYC and AML and all of your clients and you have to have a license to do IEOs. So I think Doing things right is more complicated. Doing just doing things is very easy. So it's very easy to grab market share if you cut corners. But right. so I'd say that that's like a two tiered industry right now. It's not a level playing field, right? So we're definitely in the regulated camp. I think we're still more in the. We have a very big token offering for even regulated. though even though
1: you moved to Liechtenstein, which again Joel said it's fun to say Liechtenstein, Liechtenstein uh, and Bermuda.
2: Yeah, so you move, have more you tokens. Away, right. So you
1: could probably be less regulated now, right? If you no, were. no,
2: not at all. So I think that's 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 a farce. And in fact, the KYC and AML standards in Europe are even stricter. So like in the U.S., you know, driver's license is a you know perfectly acceptable form of ID for a bank account. In Europe, it's only passport. Hmm. So it's actually even stricter rules around KYC and AML for the onboarding process. It's harder, um, but. And the difference is that with the reason we like operating there, so it's actually harder to operate from the old world standards, but from a crypto standpoint in the EU, you have much more clarity between a utility token and a security token. So we can get clean legal opinions under EU law. So Lichtenstein's EU law, so that this is a utility token. So you don't have that uncertainty like you have with Ripple where you launch a token, you think it's a utility token in Europe, it definitely is. But in the US, Two years later, you can get sued by the SEC and, oh, they tell you it's a security token. Maybe so they should call all it, of um, that
0: Maybe risk. they should call it Strichtenstein instead of yes. Lichtenstein.
2: <laughs> but um, we, so we have like 311 <laughs> tokens. to comment. We have like 300 plus tokens listed in, in the Bittrex Global versus 80 on Bittrex US. So Like that's shrunk, the token offerings because we can't, there's a lot of tokens which are perfectly, clearly utility tokens in Europe that aren't in the U S that we don't want to offer in the U S and just Mm. open to that uncertainty.
0: Yeah. So let's uh, let's do a bird's eye view of what you're seeing in uh, retail right now, you know, is obviously crypto adoption is picking up, Um, you know, what does the next couple of years look like?
2: I think you're just going to see, I think, you you know, especially as we see um, a lot of these countries, including the U S debasing their currencies, but, places like Turkey, where I mean, they've literally devalued the currency to nothing. You're, you're seeing the biggest crypto adoption is in countries where you have very unstable governments and unstable currencies, Nigeria, you know, where they like, again, the currency has gone down 25% a year over the last few years, that has like a 70% penetration rate. Um, you know, I think Turkey, you're seeing it through the roof. So I think you're going to see a lot more of that trend where people just lose complete faith in the, their currency and their government, and they're going to switch to crypto. For the stability and then you're just going to see the general trends of adoption which we're seeing western europe um you know developed world where more and more people are getting involved in crypto you know again is an inflation hedge or they're just interested in the market
1: it's definitely it's definitely an interesting time i mean with you know and that's been one of the challenges being in america right is the idos and not being allowed and it's so crazy when you're looking at some of these and i've talked about this multiple times because i just knew that that dapper labs they launched nba top shots and i knew that the flow token was going to be ridiculous i wanted to participate in that was unable to participate in it because i'm from north korea iran or the united states which to me <laughs>
2: exactly.
1: is the most ridiculous thing and it's like man 10 cents flow that's a no brainer i bet I, that's going to be a 30 50 dollar token and then yeah. It went right out of the gates and went to seven to ten, then up to thirty, and now it's back down to fifteen bucks. But still, it's one of those things where you know, in America, we have freedom. I can go down and buy a bunch of lottery tickets, and I can go spend a bunch of money on online gambling, yeah. but I can't spend that same amount of money on a token. Like, do we see a change to this? Is this gonna is this gonna evolve? And so we don't got to deal with this bullshit in the future. I think eventually it will.
2: So I think the problem you have now is that. And again, I don't want to comment. You know, in the, US, the problem in the U.S. is just it's not clear who's in charge. So you've got the state level. There's you know fifty states, and then you have the federal level. They're all duking it out. You have the OCC. You've got the SEC. You've got the CFTC. They all want to own crypto regulation. So until they, you know, so it's very immature. But until the high school like you know thing is to, to really figure out who's going to win, and then then we know what the regulations can be. I think the real catalyst, the big banks are going to get involved in this. Then there's big money and then they'll lobby them. But their problem is the crypto companies are too small and they don't care. But when eventually JP Morgan decides they want to do this, then there'll be clear rules. Which
0: which sucks because the whole crypto revolution is in response to the traditional financial system and the thought of them getting their dirty meat hooks all over it. And corrupting it, just like they've corrupted the traditional systems, makes me sick to my stomach. How do we avoid that taking place?
2: Well, they can't control this. I mean, first of all, remember, I mean, the U.S. is still a hugely important economy, which is why, you know, Bittrex has a U.S.-based chain. You, know, you, you can't afford not to be here, but you also can have this the rest of the world. So like Europe is way ahead in terms of just having very clear rules around security tokens, utility tokens the banking system there is much more fintech integrated anyway, so it's a much more easy leg into blockchain. So I think you know, the U.S. will just fall behind. So it's not that it's not going to work, it just may not happen here, right? which is interesting because the U.S. has always been at the forefront of most of these types of things. So it's, it's, that's recency bias to assume that it will be a U.S.-led type
1: thing. We've been saying that for years, Joel. We said that uh, a lot of the innovation in crypto is not happening in America because they're scaring everybody away. Like, right. well, I mean, they let's just go two.
0: elsewhere. Let's exactly. just, we'll do but it somewhere
1: else. Don't forget the
2: institutional money can still play because even if it's run out of a New York hedge fund, the New York hedge fund manages a Cayman Islands fund. They don't. So the managers in New York, but the fund isn't Cayman. So the a lot of this quasi offshore money, which is where most of the pension plan money is from the U.S., then it can kind of get around these you know rules so for the big the big money will get in it's u.s retail that's going to be of course the little guy will be penalized
1: little guy always gets screwed totally what the hell so we just need to move to
2: Liechtenstein. well just out of the u.s you don't have to live in Liechtenstein, it's outside of the united states so if you're a non-u.s resident then you can trade this stuff it's just like, it's just like with stocks or ipo you know you can it's based on your residency not your passport Right. That's why we're Puerto Puerto Rico. Rico considered
1: the U.S. for now. So for to, some, it. for some exchanges, for some? I think a lot of countries, a lot of places don't realize that Puerto Rico is not, that it is part of the United States, I think it's its yeah. own country. Yeah. Like a lot of places won't even ship stuff. You're like, no, we don't ship to that country. Like, no, this is America still. And you can put it on damn <laughs> airplane. It's true. Like, why don't you do that? I have no other questions right now.
0: No further questions, Your Honor. Well, we do have more questions, let's talk about the, um, you know, I referenced this when we talked about NFTs, is that those who don't understand NFTs are like, NFTs are eating the environment. You're killing the turtles with your NFTs. Uh, crypto in general and carbon emissions is definitely a hot topic. And so how much of what we hear is myth uh, versus reality? And what can be done either way?
2: But I think it's a total myth. I mean, if you look at, again, if we were able to calculate the amount of energy used by the traditional banking industry and traditional financial services, it's a multiple of what you're, you're seeing in crypto. And who are the ones who are shouting the loudest? The banks, because they don't like this. This is a total threat to their business model. So I think it's just more FUD and fake news. So look, at the end of the day, there's also ways where the crypto industry being so innovative has already come up with solutions, which the real world hasn't. There's so many different carbon tokens and carbon offset tokens. We trade one called carbon utility token, where it's backed by carbon offsets. So let's say that you really did feel bad about your Bitcoin footprint. You could buy enough tokens to offset your footprint. So it doesn't exist in the real world. Like if I have, I'm unhappy with my carbon footprint, there's very few ways I can go out and hedge. So the industry has already come up with creative tokenized ways. There's a lot of these different types of tokens like this. So I think it will solve the problem which the real world is, is not going to solve or address.
1: That's wild. Yeah, so so with that, with that in mind, right, and the, the energy consumption and, and all this other stuff, what role is Bittrex going to play in NFTs? Are you guys doing any NFT stuff? Are you doing any metaverse things? Like, what's are you participating in any of these so worlds? We're not trading,
2: we don't have NFTs. So, I think, but NFTs and crypto, I like, so I think, first of all, there's fungible tokens and non fungible tokens. Bitcoin's a fungible token, you don't care which one you own. An NFT, you just care which one you own. And then with NFTs, the current use case is digital art, but an NFT could be used for anything. Like, I could, you know, my house could be an NFT, like real world assets. So, I think. Energy consumption and crypto or just, you know, that's I think it's typically Bitcoin mining that people think about energy consumption. I don't think crypto is an asset class or blockchain is an industry is creating an energy footprint that's anything worse than some of the real world polluting outrageously in, you know, in pre-existing dinosaur industries. So I think that's just like FUD and people don't even understand crypto like what it is, let alone to understand the carbon right. footprint
0: of it. So. I have to share this story with you. There was one of the guys that was going off on Twitter about NFTs. I looked at his profile because he was saying NFTs are killing the environment. I looked at his profile and his main Twitter picture was a picture of his bookshelf, three shelves that was just stacked with plastic toys, like collectibles. And I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, the lack of awareness yes. here, like those toys, those are actually killing the environment, right? Your toy NFT
2: is such a new use case for crypto. There's not that many tokens out there. Like to say that NFTs of all things in crypto, Bitcoin is the one where, it's, you know, where you theoretically could have somewhat of an energy argument there. But at any rate, I think it's just, there's a lack of understanding even what they're talking about to even have a, like an educated conversation about the topic.
0: So let's talk about DEXs then, decentralized exchanges. The opposite of
2: us, which we are a centralized exchange.
0: Yeah, you're centralized. It it is the direct opposite. And I guess in some respects, you could say the threat to the centralized exchanges, because we can go on Uniswap or PancakeSwap and we don't have to deal with any of this KYC AML or any of the other three-letter... Well, I have a
2: question for you. Do you think a regulator will be happy that there's a a way to, to... move money without kyc and aml what do you
0: think? No, those those who want to control any industry want control and any time that there is not control that that frazzles them because they don't have the power I don't to, think,
2: to i think in life. the case of aml and kyc and that's not so much around control i mean i think the regulatory framework is to control doing kyc and aml is to stop terrorism and money laundering and all sorts of other yeah, But uh,
0: uh, let's play devil's advocate how has that worked for cash which is used more for all of those things pallets of cash sent to buy weapons and drugs and i mean let's face yeah. it at the end of the day does it really work
2: i think so i won't have that argument because i don't i mean i think we both know the, i won't comment but let's just say we well, didn't come here for exists. an argument let's, do you think that these regulators are going to allow a parallel world where their rules don't apply. I think the answer to that is a
0: firm no. So, and- Yeah, but how do you stop it? How do you stop it? So I think,
2: look, in the case of a centralized exchange, clearly we have to, you know, I think half of the centralized exchanges don't think there's a rule and they're all under investigation by various regulators. Some of them have already had, you know, like BitMEX, they've had, you know, they're felons now. And some of those cases are ongoing. So I, I don't think that's done. I think just to say that there's a DEX and there's no centralized management, But I think you have to understand how regulators think there's this concept of form over substance. So you can say we're deregulated or that's like one famous exchange CEO who says, my exchange is nowhere. Really? Well, let's try that in court. I don't think that the judge is gonna agree with you. Like they'll look at where your customers are or they'll decide where you are. Just you telling them you're nowhere doesn't work. I think the same thing for decentralized. You know, I think DeFi is a great technology. We have a lot of DeFi tokens listed. I think it's super innovative. I think just to think that because you say you're DeFi, you don't have to follow rules. OK, well, then take it up with the regulator and they will come after you. I, I, I think that that it just because they haven't figured it out yet, because you're two steps ahead, they'll eventually get to it. So I, I don't expect those things to five steps ahead. They're These I don't guys think they'll so exist in their current form. It would be my huh. sense.
1: Well, I mean, it's just a better way of doing things, having a being your own bank and being a liquidity provider, right? It just, it, make, it makes so much sense because like, oh, I want this token. Oh, it has plenty of liquidity, yeah. boom, boom. It's like, if you're in the crypto world, that's like that's like crypto level three, right? First of yeah. all, you gotta get yourself, you gotta get, most people when they first get on, I mean, it, it is what it is, they get on Coinbase, right? I know that Bitrix doesn't Bitrix have uh, fiat on-ramps as well? Yeah, we have fiat on-ramps. Yeah, so you get on Bitrix, get on Coinbase. That's first level one. Most people will do Coinbase probably. But you know what? Bit Tricks right there oh, with Coinbase you. is bigger
2: and it's it's more like user friendly. It has less yeah. tokens.
1: It's yeah, just... and I would say I would say that you know I've always thought crypto level two is you get your MetaMask right, oh so God. you got to get your Ethereum theme because you want to be able to interact with some of these other websites and you get your you know your NFTs on Open Sea and be able to connect to the things. And then level three is maybe you've done some Uniswap stuff or maybe you've added some yeah. like you've added Binance Smart Chain or you've added some other ones to your met your metamask and now you can start doing swapping swapping within metamask right so it's a wallet into <laughs> so it i, the techn- it's I of-
2: agree with you. the technology is amazing and what you can do but like let's look at the real world there's already peer-to-peer lending like there so there is there are ways to cut out the middleman and just have like where we face each other yeah. in like traditional fintech it's fintech as opposed to blockchain or crypto but again you can't we can't face each other and do that unless we've been through money, you know, AML and KYC, like we've been vetted. Like you can't skip some of the steps, which just because the technology allowed is moving so fast. So I think you have to bifurcate what this technology can do and how you're using it. And just because you're moving faster than a regulator or you don't think the rules apply to you for whatever reason, I think that's naive. I think you will get away with there for a few years because you're a few steps ahead. And that's fine as a user, you're not, you know, but I think as a user of these platforms too, don't forget you're taking operational risks, there's credit risks, like, you know, make sure that you understand all the risks involved. Yeah. With trading so you with think then
1: that since, you know, consensus is the one that, that built MetaMask, right? And so it's essentially, it's its own swappable decks yeah. is that, I mean, you can see the SEC coming down on consensus at some time because of MetaMask. And then that's, that's how many, how, what percentage of the internet has MetaMask? Like, yeah. 60% or more? Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's,
2: I'm not saying it's going to be a linear path. I think it's going to be a very, you know, volatile, interesting road. And there's many outcomes. So I think, I just think it's naive to think that the rules don't apply. I think it, it could take years for them to figure it out. So, you know, who knows, like, what the outcomes would be. But I think our view or my view and how we're running Bitrex, we sort of, we're centralized exchange. We are supervised, regulated. We do full K, KYC AML. Because if you want to have institutional clients, and they're all coming into Bitcoin and Ethereum, and they're really going to be the big growth area, not retail. You know, retail is important, but institutions have far more money. So they won't be able to trade with those types of things. They won't be allowed to from a compliance standpoint. So I think maybe the SEC
1: will leave you guys alone since you guys are trying to stay above board for the most part. I don't know why they'd want to keep bugging you guys. And bugging the people that are actually being above above board and trying to stay within the frameworks, those are the ones that the SEC is still bugging the most. Like, so much other shit. In the U.S. So outside
2: of the U.S. pictures Global, we have no nexus of the SEC. They're not – we have no U.S. clients, no U.S. products. They're not our regulators. That's
1: that's a smart approach.
2: Yeah. So that's why we decided for our non-U.S. clients, let's just break the company in two, have a completely outside of the U.S. platform, and we have no U.S. passports, no U.S. residents. Allowed on Bittrex Global. They all go to Bittrex Inc., which has a much smaller offering that we know can comply with the rules as they stand in their lack of clarity. And then we do more things because we have more regulatory clarity outside of the US. But again, we're doing it in EU, not in like some dodgy place, you know, where there is de facto no regulation. Like that doesn't work either.
0: In Strichtenstein. Such a good joke. I hate to say it it again. I do like it. I mean it's it's like double the fun, right? Liechtenstein is fun enough on its own, but Liechtenstein Exactly. Come on. I think you made a new Come word. On let's uh that's what we do here we wordify the things at the republic of bad cryptopia let's uh got one more topic i want to hit upon here and that is the era of stos security tokens and tokenizing all of the things what is your view and bitrix global's view on stos i
2: think security tokens is really the next huge that's the next big wave so i think it's like 2013 in security token world you know it's just gotten started it's very complicated because then you're you're crossing it. That's why all these tokens don't want to be securities. They want to be called a utility token. That just means you're not a security. But once you're a security token, you are a security. Like meaning you have to have a prospectus. Where are you selling this thing? So it gets very complicated. So we, we set up our operation also in Bermuda. Because specifically in Bermuda, the regulator there doesn't distinguish between the two types of tokens. The token's a token. So we've already listed security tokens in Bermuda. But they're... Well, I would call unsolicited ETFs. So we have like tokenized Tesla, tokenized Apple. So you can buy derivative version of the the equities, but those aren't primary. That's not a security token offering. So we are looking to hopefully do STOs probably next year. I mean, again, it's still a very new technology, but we've you know we've done it in a way where you can trade them in Bermuda legally. We won't sell them into Europe now because we would need to have some sort of a securities license because you're selling a security the technology is the same it can be an ERC20 token it can look the same in your wallet but to a regulator and if you you know we care about how the regulators view us you then need to have the ability to sell securities as well so it requires an extra layer of licensing how are you going to trade these things you know what sort of licenses do you have so I think you know we've we think we' figured it out and I think a lot of people are talking about doing it or they're doing it the wrong way, which I think, you know, if you're doing securities and you're really exposing yourself, like you will get sanctioned by a regulator if you start illegally selling securities to people, right?
1: So do you see it like this with the SDOs? Like this is how I've always envisioned it. It's like, you know, say like in 2008 or whatever, I bought I bought a MacBook Pro from Apple. Yeah. And also I got, since I you know bought some of their project, I got some Apple token because I, I'm a loyal customer of theirs, right? And then if that was the case, then my MacBook and that investment over time could yield more money to me because I was an early adopter, I was an early supporter of this project. And so it seemed to me that if instead of, you know, which I think is a flawed model, the stock market model where, you know, every company is looking how to squeeze as much money as possible out of their consumers, and it, it, to the detriment of the world in a lot of ways, because things can't always go up and to the right, right? Um, so I think taking a percentage of your revenues or your profits and then just dis- redistributing them back amongst the people who hold your STO token or something, right? Yeah. Is that is this a model? Like, how do you see the STO really working? Like, what, what would convince an Apple or a Google to be like, I need an STO token because I want to reward our customers not as much and and so change the model of these vulture capital that's out there
2: Well, so it doesn't really if you're you're already existing company like then you would just have to tokenize your share so an STO security token offering so instead of ipoing you would sto so i think what's interesting you change the whole way capital markets work. so let's say that i want to so
1: bitrix could potentially do one of these like on uh, ourselves
2: yeah we could offer because right now we don't offer we don't even have a Token, a utility token, a token and all the equity is
1: held by the founders. So let's say you guys could be the leading edge of doing STOs. The whole company. You- so
2: I mean, but I think what it what it really does is if you think about startups and the way they finance, you can effectively crowdfund. You can cut out Silicon Valley and all these awful venture capital people. And let's say that I have an interesting startup. So instead of like setting up, getting raped by VCs for like five to ten years, and then I can IPO. and then get raped by Goldman Sachs or somebody else who's going to do your IPO. And by the way, the IPO in the US, you have to pick a stock exchange. You can't really do a global IPO. So here you are when you're a smallish company, you can decide to sell the equity of your company, do it in a tokenized offering. It's a global offering because it trades 24-7. You can get a global audience and then you can fund yourself with equity that trades on day one and then cut out all the middle end. That's to me what's so fascinating. Then you can also take um, like real estate, put it in a token and then sell that. And then if it's a big enough portfolio, you can have have global syndication. So I think it's gonna bring liquidity to illiquid assets. It's also going just to change the way that the entire capital markets work. Again, the banks will not be happy because it takes away their monopoly and their squeeze, but they can't stop it. So eventually they'll decide to join them because they can't beat them. But I think this is the most innovative thing is gonna be security tokens.
0: Hmm. we should securitize this show
2: absolutely especially now that I've been on it it'll be worth a
0: lot more the price just you hear that we're going to moon now because the CEO of Bitrix Global was on (laughs) well Stephen really appreciate you coming on and enlightening us today and uh, we'll be interested to to keep up with the developments especially as you guys move more into security tokens so uh, thanks for stopping by
2: thanks for having me it was a real pleasure
0: Well, there you go. Now, you know more than you did before. And we do, too. We're still on this journey together. We started the show in July of 2017 saying, hey, there's a lot of stuff we don't know. We don't know most things. We're going to learn it. And if you guys want to listen in as we learn, then come along for the ride. And uh, many of you have been with us since the beginning for almost four and a half years
1: now. Many of you have not. Many of you stopped listening long ago. So So you're You're not not listening. You're not listening. <laughs> you know, many of you probably just started listening, and they're like, "Wait a second! I don't know much about crypto. Bad crypto. That sounds like people I need to know about."
0: Mm-hmm. I think people still get. We probably still miss out on some guests because they hear the title "bad crypto" and and they're, like, "Oh no, that you know that doesn't sound good. That sounds bad."
1: We could be like, you know, shit 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 coins daily, you yeah, know, or something. And we could have been that. <laughs> but we aren't
0: we are the bad crypto and uh, you are the republic of bad cryptopia thank you as always for listening we would appreciate it if you would take a moment to show appreciation by giving us a five star glowing and maybe humorous review wherever it is you listen to the show click the like buttons click the subscribe buttons share it do like whatever the spirit moves you just have uh, a moment where you're like i'm gonna go nuts right now and share all the bad crypto things because people need to know that if they do anything in this world, the most important thing is to wipe before you flush.
1: And check and see if there's any corn, because you never know. Sometimes corn will come back and visit you. <laughs> like, we're well, welcome back, corn. Oh, yeah, it nice to see you.
0: And stable. <laughs> Hi, corn. I missed you. Who's that? Where you been? Well, so used to be, the Bad used Crypto to be a lot Podcast more is a production <laughs> of Bad <laughs> Crypto LLC. The, the content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, <laughs> those people that aren't listening to us anymore, this always. is why. It's not <laughs> intended to be and does not constitute <laughs> financial, this right investment, here. or trading this advice of any kind. Why. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, right, so your, investing, uh, trading, or anything else based well, on this information yeah. without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trade